Hello and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Around me, starting in this direction, going that way, is... Jared Lee Kites. Campbell Young. Connor Anderson. Levi Sherman. And with your powers combined, you become... The Lunar, the lunar Laugh. Yeah, that wow, sounded sound pathetic. Too wow. <laughs> I thought he was just going to say it, and then, I don't know. We're the Lunar Laugh. Yeah. A sad bunch of men. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, who you calling sad and who you calling man? <laughs> why are you here? Or actually, why am I here? I'm in your space, really. <laughs> I was like, why are we here to rehearse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about things like we just finished a new album that we are pretty proud of and uh you're here to ask us questions about it okay uh what's it called what's the album Our album's called in the black and it's uh it's it's a banger it is a ba- it has lots of bangers on it uh let's start with just uh should should we do the the whole this is the last album thing first or uh, yeah. I mean, let's, let's now that we're dropping that bomb. <laughs> so yeah, we're, uh, we're calling it a day after this album or we're calling it a, a life a, a several years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been real, but I think we're just at a point now where, uh, the directions we're going individually are, it just makes sense for us to kind of take a break and not really worry about lunar laugh stuff anymore. And I don't want to like drag things out and feel like let's, let's do another five albums. And you know, everyone's like, why? Yeah. (laughs) Better to go out with a bang (laughs) (laughs) or two. Plus, you know, know, there's been, yeah, we'll get into it. There's been a lot of like turmoil or whatever, Uh, not in the band, but just personal lives. Life Uh, being life. Adversity. (laughs) Who's Ed? Yeah. So I guess uh, I ask this of every artist I have on, but it kind of changes every time. So what is the Lunar Laugh now? A sad bunch of guys. (laughs) (laughs) You called sad and who you calling guy? I don't know. I'm always the worst at describing whatever we are. People ask me what kind of music we play. I'm like, good i hope yeah. i don't know <laughs> well and it's it especially with this new record it's kind of expanded past the like because anytime before i would explain it the lunar laugh to people i'd be like yeah it's like 60s 70s beatles beach boys stuff and that would kind of get the point across and now it's like well there's a, a pop punk song on this new record and uh there's full-blown country and yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a cunty album. <laughs> Put the we, O back in country. <laughs> we serve cunt here. <laughs> All right. Uh, not everyone. <laughs> and we've just lost half our listeners. <laughs> I serve my country. There you go. <laughs> what kind of tree? <laughs> the country. <laughs> oh We're <gosh>. funny. <laughs> Uh, can, yeah, I mean, so can we summarize, is there a way of summarizing what In the Black is? So it's kind of, it's probably the longest we've ever taken to make an album. 
um, as far as uh, the gestation period. It's been like a an uphill battle kind of from the start because we wanted to try to do different things and it ended up being, you know, just a bunch of us at the end. It was us at Campbell's house laying down tracks, which is kind of a, a nice way to wrap it up. Yeah, this is the, the first record where I've done more engineering than just like Taylor going to the bathroom and me making sure <laughs> nothing gets fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, we're uh, like Lunar Manor has been kind of our home base, like default studio. And when we started sessions for this album, I was like, well, let's like switch studios, go to somewhere else. So we started working at um, Waste, Waste space. space with Johnny Manchild and uh, Ethan, Ethan, Neil. And uh, we did a couple sessions there and then through no one's fault, really, it's just like things happened outside within whatever, whoever runs that studio that uh, we had no control over. So we were like, well, let's just go back to Lunar Manor. And we ended up doing that. And then half the record, halfway through the record, my father died and that kind of threw me for a loop. So I was just like feeling lost for a bit. And so we decided to go to Campbell's house where he had a new studio set up and we recorded stuff there and yeah. And it actually didn't sound bad. That was the, we also, this is probably, I think we've, we did pretty much all of the instruments like usually with the past, the past couple we'll have. I, I mean, there's there are a couple tracks that have some cello overdubs and I know Peter plays keyboards on a couple songs, but yeah, this is a full, well, full band. Peter, Peter's kind of extended. Peter's family. in the band yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and like, I mean, on the first few records, there were uh, a lot of times where it was either Taylor or Brian playing a mm-hmm. lot of stuff on there. And they're, they're not playing anything on this really. Yeah. I think Taylor might've done like one synth line on the first song and that's it. Yeah, I think he did some stuff on Allegiance, like drum programming wise, but that's still, that was me playing drums though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the actual live drums on Allegiance or Jawid. And also, uh, Levi, Levi has a song on this, which is nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's something I was wanting to, because like we we jumped right into recording process, yeah, but right. there's actually the writing process. So, uh, yeah. Tell me about the writing of the album and what went into it. But actually, yeah, let's let's jump into that, which is like, hey, Levi wrote a song on the Lunar Nath album. Yeah, it was it was pretty special uh, to get to contribute uh, to the writing process. And to be honest, it was actually a song that my dad wrote for my mom back in like the nineties. But uh like the style was completely different and I, I definitely changed a you know, line here and there and uh, got to put my own spin on it and kind of, it, you know, definitely the demo for, that I had for it sound to me sounded like a lunar laugh song. So when I showed it to Jared and he was down to, to work with it, I was pretty excited. I'm always happy when one of the other guys has a song cause it, I, I don't know. I feel pressured presenting my songs cause it's like they, they have to be good. So I, I try to like, it's, I have like 80 unfinished songs and I'm just like, these guys won't play this stuff. Okay. That's <laughs> it. Only 80. <laughs> and then during the recording uh, process, I considered singing the whole song, uh, 
lead vocals, but then yeah, Connor did it and he just absolutely nailed it. So I could, I couldn't have done it better. Well, and it's cool on that song, how it goes from, cause I think you do like the whole bridge. He does the bridge yeah. yeah. And so it's like, it goes from Connor doing verses and choruses and then the bridge at the very, toward the very end is Levi. Yeah. I think we all sing a little bit on it at some point. Oh yeah. There's that's well, yeah. The whole album, everyone kind of contributes vocally, which is not new, but it's, it's nice that everyone has a vocal credit yeah. this time around. Yeah. So there's, there's some Jared songs, there's some Campbell songs, there's some Connor songs. Well, and there's also a lot of Jared and Campbell songs. And I think there's, there's a couple Jared, Jared and Connor. Connor songs. I think there's at least one that was the three of us. If I remember correctly, I don't even, I haven't even looked at the album track list in a while. So, uh, I was looking at it and I'm looking at it right now. Tell us who wrote what I I don't remember. (laughs) Well, yeah, let's just go song by song and. Okay. So, uh, let's continue to talk about out of love. Uh, if there's more to say about that one, the, the tracking or the writing, it's kind of, well, like I said, my father passed away between making the album and then towards the very end of it, my brother passed away. And so we were due to go in and record stuff at Campbell's house. And then I got word about my brother and I was like, just guys, just go in and finish it without me. So it's like the first session I've never been a part of, yeah. uh, which was, you know, it was awkward, but it was nice to get the tracks back while I was dealing with all that and be like, oh yeah, they're... They they done me good. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was definitely weird because you know I'm used to deferring everything to Jared whenever we're in the studio, and without him there, it's like okay, uh, I guess we'll work on because it was uh, out of love and fake it till we make it. Which at that point, like he had his demo for out of love, and I had mine for fake it till we make it, and. Uh, yeah, we just went in, um, probably got both of them about 80, 85% of the way done. And then, uh, just added some bips and bops here and there afterward. Uh, yeah. And I'm still on those tracks. Like I, I I came in later and we did more stuff to them, but yeah, I think you added a bunch of harmonies. Don't worry. Yeah. There's about, (laughs) yeah. Jared might not have been there for the first session, but the second session, (laughs) That was when, that uh, was a humdinger. Yeah, that's when the thirty-five vocal tracks come in. And <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, then tell me about fake it till we make it as well. Uh, I I will say it's like, I mean, how is this a lunar laugh track and not a Campbell? Now that Campbell's releasing music, right? Well, so that that was what was kind of funny was that was. Because uh, had a quote unquote solo career from about 2014 to 2017, I think, and then I started doing Lunar Laugh stuff and Don't Tell Dina stuff and million bajillion other bands. So kind of put that on the back burner. Then Sometimes my band, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was playing bass for Santiago, um, all sorts of stuff, and in toward the end of 2019, I like within a month, like lost a friend to suicide and, um, had like the, my first long-term relationship ended. So wrote a lot of songs, 
and actually the first one that I tracked of the, the first batch of probably like, I think there were like probably five finished songs and about, you know, 30 other fragments after that, you know, probably a month or two after. And then when we came back from tour in 2019, I tracked Fake It Till We Make It. And it had just been sitting dormant for, what, four years almost? Well, I remember my husband and Wesley and I, we went to Massachusetts at the end of 2019 and we were living with Campbell at the time. And uh, so he was just kind of home alone. So he tracked like a whole full demo. And when he came home, we came home, he played it for me. And I was like, well, that's a good song. <laughs> Where the hell was this? Yeah. Well, and yeah, it, that that was one of those songs for me, writing wise, that just came very quickly. Like, it, you know, was one of those where I think I was smoking a cigarette outside and I was like, you know, like just humming it to myself. And I was like, hold on, let me put out the cigarette and grab a guitar while this idea is fresh. And yeah, maybe 20 minutes later, the song was about done. Yeah. I guess, so I want to ask like, yeah, what makes it not a Campbell song and more of a Lunar Lab song? Uh, shoot, I don't even know, it's, man. It's definitely, it's not inspired by Electric Light Orchestra yeah, no, at not all. In the slightest. <laughs> it, you can listen to Mr. Blue Sky in that song and hear zero similarities. Uh no, it was just one of those where, like, I think as a song, it just had more of a Lunar Laugh vibe than what I was trying to start putting out. Because I definitely considered it for a solo thing. Um, but even the, the demo he cut was pretty much a finished, like. Yeah, I was I was actually lo- thinking about putting that out as like a solo song because I was like. uh I kept dropping hints. I was like, now, Campbell, what are you going to do with what that song? What are you going to do with that fake it till you make a song? Uh, you know, you need a song on this new album. <laughs> you know, you know, we need a This is our song, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how it kind of has that same drum feel as uh, uh, Old New Kid in Town? You should, you should do that again. Um, but no, yeah, it was one of those where I was just toying with the notion of having it be a solo thing. And then when I actually started putting out solo music, I was like, that doesn't sound like this anymore. Cause you know, the stuff that I've put out solo has been recorded between like 2021 and 2022. So, you know, some times of time has passed since that first demo. So, uh, yeah, and then when he we decided to do it as a Lunar Laugh song, um, I was like, well, can't just use my version because that's me, not a band. So I had the rest of these guys play on it, um, and it sounds awesome. He does things on the drums that I could never do. Like, like there are definitely fills in, like, all the right spaces where I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do, but I just can't play that. <laughs> And like there were really cool guitar bits that Connor did. That's something that kind of like it goes through my mind when like presenting songs that I've written to the band that I know that these guys can come up with parts that are going to be like things I never would have thought of that complement whatever's already there and just take it like 10 steps further or, or 11. That's the power of having the band is that like, you could just do everything yourself, but you, you don't have fun, to. What's the fun in that? Yeah. 
<laughs> As someone who regularly does everything. <laughs> What's the fun in that? No fun, sir. Yeah, I think in every case but one, uh, Jared basically showed us how the song went the day we recorded it, and we kind of just came up with our parts. I think maybe one of the songs we got ahead of time. Yeah, I don't like like dictating, like, no, you play it this way. Unless I really feel strongly about it. Like, no, please don't play it as a polka. Like, <laughs> well, four, and, four. And yeah, he'll give us like kind of guidelines. Like I remember when, uh, oh shoot, the story that I had in my head just pooped out. So um, never mind. So you don't remember. When. I don't remember when. <laughs> I remember Thought one. I remember Remember when. one time Campbell was playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I know out of time was written technically a really long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but then like, what's, what's like the oldest song on here. And then, then yeah, we can like work oh, our way forward. Let's, well, let's start. I think allegiance. Well, maybe I, what, I what, what, what so songs do we have on here? Born yes. weird. The bridge of that, the, that Campbell sings that I, that is something I was writing during mama's boy. Like I, that was like a, one of the unfinished songs and I thought it like, I kind of flipped back to it in my notebook and was like, well, that actually might work in this song that I'm trying to finish. Yeah. And so born weird is something Connor and I kind of started like the germination of it started like January, 2020 is when we got together to write Sounds that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the day before my birthday. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. We we did that song and then we did the bridge of Pauvre Trisson. <laughs> uh, okay, so since we started on Born Weird, tell me about yeah, just the rest of Born Weird. That I mean, yeah, we had mentioned it like kind of came out as a pop punk song. Yeah, yeah. well, it kind of it started that way because when Connor and I got together, we kind of had an idea to write something that was very like in a positive vein because we're kind of known for like the happy, sad music. So we wanted to do something that isn't like slit your wrists, but smile. <laughs> Jared thought we should do it. And then I said, no. <laughs> Specifically, he punched me in the face. <laughs> and, no, he... Uh, like, and we started, like, we had the opening line and then we couldn't really get from there. And then we'll just say, well, we'll work on it later. And then COVID happened. So I had quite a while to be able to finish it. So I, that song, like writing the rest of it was like pulling teeth. It was very hard to do because there wasn't a lot to be positive about, but I pulled out whatever motivational gusto I had to do like, and it's, it kind of, it kind of ebbs and flows because that's kind of the headspace I was at just like, you know, and I think when I finally hit upon like putting that bridge in there and kind of tying everything together, it was like a eureka moment that, and then I, I finally felt good enough about demoing it and showing it to the rest of the band. And I don't know, they didn't hate it. <laughs> but I think also bringing in Johnny Manchild to produce it kind of helps shape the pop punkness vibe of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Allegiance. Allegiance is like, so that, that, that song's been around a bit. I, I wrote it in mind with, uh, Phil Collins. Like it definitely like as soon as it started, I'm like, damn eighties. <laughs> yeah. It's, that was kind of the vibe I was going for. And I kind of was wondering like, maybe we should remix it for the album version, but I was like, it's, it's, 
it's too cool. Like it needs, it needs to stay this way. When we went in, didn't you say, what was the crossover? It was like human by the human league and uh, no matter what by bad finger, Yeah, bad finger. (laughs) And then we wound up adding some don't come around here. No more electric sitar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause the sitar happened to be in the studio. Um, and that's something Taylor played. I think I played this. Yeah, 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 okay. I never mind. I would say like, I have it here. It says Campbell Young played the electric sitar. Okay. <laughs> then I'm lying. I'm on the credits. <laughs> I have a sitar credit. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a it's sitar how, like, credit. I, I see, you know, on like Wikipedia, it shows like the list of yeah. instruments that a person plays. It's like they played that for like a session. Right. That's, that's anytime someone asks what instruments I play, I just tell them like the four. I'm just like, Guitar, bass, keyboard, kind of drums. Four. Yeah. And then like... I'm, I barely play the one. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's like, But it's like, yeah, I can technically play the banjo because I can pick it up and, you know, make notes happen. But that's just because I know how to play guitar. I can play a lot of things if I'm able to have a retake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, find the melody and then now yeah, you can play exactly. that instrument. And now I, song. now I play it. Yeah. <laughs> now I play sitar. Timeless time. My favorite cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Partially, uh, the title comes from the brand of cigarettes that Campbell was smoking at the time of timeless time. <laughs> the timeless time. Um, so yeah, we were like, we would always joke about that. Like who came up with that? But then we, like we started writing a song called precious time. And then like at the session for the song, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to change this last line and just say timeless time instead of precious time. And then we changed the whole title. Yeah. Which is funny because I hadn't smoked timeless times in quite some time by the time we did that, uh, that session. <laughs> but I think we might've written that before we lived together. Maybe. No. Cause that one we did when I got the, uh, mixer that we started tracking on. Uh, Cause okay. that was one of the first songs I did on that. Okay. Um, so yeah, we were, there is a couple of songs like, during the two and a half or so years that Campbell and I were sharing a house, like we actually did songwrite some <laughs> songwrite a little. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're, we're talking about the, the writing and the, and I'll come back to like the messages of the songs. Uh, but okay. So stranger than Oz. That's one I'm pretty, I think that's probably the one I'm proudest of on the album just cause it, it's like a, I think it shows off my style of writing in a good way and that <clears throat> it doesn't really have a chorus or like a, a usual structure, which is something I've noticed like a pattern of like, if their song has a chorus, it's not going to be the same as the other chorus. Like there's the chorus is doesn't that, have, is that the one that we wrote at your mom's place? No, this, I, uh, this one just says Jerry Lee. Yeah. On it. No, I'm trying to think of which one stranger. Is. Uh, that's, the kind of Grateful Dead sounding one. That's right. That's right. That's when we did a Lunar. Do you play piano on that or is that? I do. I do play piano on that. So yeah, that one, uh, we tracked that at Lunar Manor with Brian Webb, I think. And uh, yeah, it had a, I don't know that, that it's kind of strange. The day we recorded that, we went home and that's the day my dad died. So yeah, it's kind of got... I was going to add more to it. And then I was like, it just, let's just keep it how it is. Kind of preserve that moment. Well, and he, Brian also mentioned, uh, when we were in the session, um, cause I was doing a lot of noodly guitar stuff, uh, 
per Jared's request. And then Ryan was like, I'm just going to do some like hard panned, um, like Rolling Stones type stuff. And so. Well, it's really cool because you and Connor are both doing the dun 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 Yeah. Then like, I kind of had it in my head that I wanted it to be that way, but I didn't tell anybody. I just kind of subtly, I demoed the song, sent them like the quickest demo ever. And everyone just kind of fell into their part very quickly and naturally. It's not like it's a hard song, but. Well, but it also kind of had like, like I mentioned the Rolling Stones thing. It has like a exile on main street sort of vibe where like, I don't want to say it sounds unfinished, but it's a little rough around the edges. You it's, know? it's one of my favorite moments in the song. You hear it, Levi drop his sticks. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything gets quiet and then you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> the the one in the different language i'm not going to try to pronounce it it's, it's french it's, it means to your health i was looking for just a, a throwaway title for that one and that's uh like i said can't uh, connor and i wrote the bridge part first the same day we started writing born weird before we knew it was born weird and before we knew that this was a bridge to this song um and it's another one of those things i kind of started uh during covid we tried gardening and so I was outside, I'd be outside like maybe an hour at a time, just like watering front and back. And, you know, that lasted a month, but <laughs> they're all dead now. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, while I was doing that, just kind of getting into the routine and hearing the water running, you kind of like start singing songs to yourself and you just eventually make something up. So that's kind of how that song started for me. And then <clears throat> I was looking for a way to like kind of, work in a bridge that might be like a tempo change. And I thought of that little piece that Connor and I had started on and just worked it into the song and it kind of became the intro of the song and the middle bit. And I think that's one of the more interesting tracks that we did. Together. I really enjoyed that meter change. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of changes in the tempo and meter. Well, that's another, th another one that like present the song and then the, the guys, came up with their own parts essentially like i didn't mention uh tristan did this really good bass part on uh stranger than oz that uh, yeah yeah and on this on pauvre uh connor had like this in the on the intro on, on the guitar that i was like well that sounds cool that's like metallica level stuff yeah. <laughs> it, there was a lot of like especially when we were working at my house like it would just be like you know either connor usually connor would play something on guitar and it'd be like that whatever that is do that <laughs> let's, let's figure that out and uh yeah he's very good at accidentally writing a lead part <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how every song goes we each hear some someone doing something interesting and just quickly put it on whatever song we're working on or try to i think the lack of planning is kind of what like it would kill other bands, but it really works for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such a, it's an interesting thing. Cause like, and that's one reason why I like keep asking what is Lunar Laugh? Because it's like, in some ways, like Lunar Laugh is more than you as individuals. And so it's like, even if you as individuals might bring a song to it, like it becomes Lunar Laugh just through the process. Yeah. I don't think any of us have a grasp on what we are. Like it's just kind of, we get together and something happens and it, 
it turns out nice. Just whatever we think sounds cool. We're working on. Uh, I will also note that uh, you didn't credit these cats. Yeah, that's oh, right. The lunar <laughs> cat, the, the cat symphony cats. at the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, where'd you get these cat sounds? Uh, iPhones. Yeah, <laughs> those are all of our. I cats. have a very well. Both my cats can be very vocal, but Divine, who's my oldest cat, she like she'll just scream at you for no reason, uh, usually for food or pets. So. I I did wonder if you like just pulled out your phone at work. <laughs> no, it, it was like because I think both Divine and Joni are on there. Jared's cats, uh, my cat Burger's on there. My my two cats, Whiskey and Saber. Yes, they're on there. Mm-hmm. My cat Cleo is on it too. Cleo's on there, and then I think Tristan's former girlfriend's former cat, possibly partner. Yeah, some. Uh, Something like that. Anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of cats and a lot of crazy panning going on at the very end there. Um, yeah. But then we also just uh, layered on some of like the just people plugging in their instrument and like oh, hitting yeah. random notes. And we just kind of made it sound like it happened on purpose. Well, I think <laughs> all the time we do just at the end of songs, we always do like maybe hit a chord here or something like that or like put your guitar up to the speaker, get some feedback, just something at the end to make it fucked up and weird. And then, you know, if we use it, cool. If we don't, whatever. And then I think, I don't know where the cat idea came from, but I think it was Tristan. I think it was, or well, when we had a pause in the song. So we just like, we wanted to fill it in. With I think that something. was the, yeah, I think that was the thing where it was like, uh, we were like, that'd be a great spot for a divine meow. Cause I think it was actually a sample I had of divine on, on my phone. <laughs> uh, and I was like, Oh, I have the perfect one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I had to show Sable that one when I was like, Hey, wait, wait, wait. listen to this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this song is really weird. It has changes. Oh, there's a cat. And then at the very end it's like, Oh, there's a lot of cats. on this one. <laughs> So fun fact, like this album was mastered three different times. Oh, geez. Um, first by me and I wasn't satisfied. So I sent it off to another engineer who shall remain nameless. And they like, they sent it back and they had cut the whole cat's ending off. What? And I was like, well, jail, that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> There's, we sent that to you on the song for a reason. Cause we want it on there. Dingus. <laughs> so uh, luckily my friend Jamie in Nashville was able to, Salvage the record. Do it. Do it. <laughs> made made it better than it Release could ever be. The cat's cut. <laughs> yes. The butthole cut. <laughs> uh, so so long. Well, that one is. I think that might actually be the oldest, the oldest song yeah. because we wrote that before we lived together. I know yeah, for sure because yeah reasons. And um, <laughs> that was like we were just about to put out. Good night noises everywhere, and I, I was like, or we had already, or we, or we had, it, already like had. We just put it out, and y'all were probably gonna start moving in in like a few months, if I remember. Maybe because I feel like it was the first time I visited the what was then the Don't Tell Dina house. Yeah, the um, never mind. <laughs> so let's see. We yeah we we started like working on that one. I don't know, like it just. Middle of 2019, I know that for sure. Whether it's like late spring, early summer, something like that. And that was uh, like, I think all the songs I lyrically on this album, I worked harder than I probably should have at making it interesting because I, 
I was like in a very, uh, like a rut with, as far as lyrics goes. Cause I, I, I'll look at stuff on paper and I'm like, well, that's really stupid and trite. So I try to make it not stupid and try <laughs> and make it more stupid. Uh, but no, that song like went through quite a few rewrites and I think eventually I just went back to the first draft for most of it. <laughs> yeah. As far as, I don't know what, I don't know what it's about. It's about a bad relationship. Yeah, some, we were just writing, just bouncing ideas off each other. Cause I think that was like, a session where like, I think I had like an idea for one verse and an idea for a totally separate chorus. And then you had an idea for uh, a verse that worked with my chorus and had an idea for a chorus that worked with my verse. I think we got both of those songs, both that and uh, uh, picture perfect out of that writing session. Well, and I also like, and wanted to write more songs that had room for solos. Cause you were playing lead guitar now instead of doing yeah. bass. So we wanted to write a song that could kind of be written around more solos. So that song has like, I think two or three in there. Cause there's one after the first chorus, I think. And then, yeah, I think there's like a short one and then like, a you know, big, grandiose thing <laughs> that's uh there's some some patterns that i'll i'll come back to once we've talked about each track but uh yeah that's that's one of them uh <laughs> uh still gets to me oh that's the one that uh that we wrote at your mom's place that i was getting mixed up with stranger than Oz. It, it was it was right after not right after but pretty soon after my dad died and i just I was like, I need someone to come over and like some outside civilization. So <laughs> I invited Campbell over and we were just like, you want to write a song? And we were like, yeah, let's just write something real quick. That's like not thinking too heavily about like, this could be a song. We uh, kept joking because there's a, uh, I think it's like right ar around like the turnaround in the, um, verses but it has the same sort of like chord structure as my way by uh frank sinatra <laughs> <laughs> so we kept the ascending instead thing. of instead of uh it still gets to me i would always just go and have it my way <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took us a little bit to come up with lyrics that didn't rhyme with my way yeah <laughs> And then, yeah, so we're, we already talked about Out of Love, but then, yeah, Picture Perfect. We, we just did like the, the trifecta of the, the Jared Campbell co-writes. <laughs> Picture Perfect is like, I don't know, I, I don't want to say prophecy, but it, it is, it is very like eerie to think like that was written before everyone started dying in my family but uh before yeah. anything bad really <laughs> before, happened yeah we wrote it pre-covid i'm pretty sure yeah uh, that was that that was the same session as um uh well why am i blanking on so, it so so long or uh no maybe. maybe so so long anyway but yeah it was like late uh spring early summer of 2019 and it was one of the first songs we recorded to that and born weird, uh, apart from allegiance, which was recorded before, like the first session at wasted space, we did born weird and uh, picture perfect, which kind of end up bookending the album. Interestingly. 
But I think Picture Perfect is the perfect like closing song because it kind of sums up not only our like our whole vibe as a band, but it's also just like uh, lyrically, it's kind of about like my whole life making this record. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also like it's, it's a country song. <laughs> it is, and it has the. Uh, uh, a great uh, nod to Mr. Garth Brooks in the solo, <laughs> the friends in low places vamp there. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, I want to say there's three solos on this that I start <laughs> the exact same way as friends in low places. Just but that one keys. is very, very obvious because yeah, it's yeah. in the same, uh, same tempo, key, same yeah. tempo. Like, yeah, it's not played on a sitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's uh, the the pedal steel as well, like really just like nails in that. Uh, that's one other thing we didn't play. Yeah, that's, that was that was Isaac Isaac Stalling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. banjo or banjo, <laughs> Tristan pulled out the banjolele for that one. Banjolele, yeah, oh, beautiful. <laughs> no, it's, it's a uh, monstrosity against <laughs> God's own creation. <laughs> The banjo lately. Yeah. Uh, okay. So like some, some patterns I notice in the album, uh, there's a lot of like songs about love. Is that like just a common thing for you guys or did it just kind of happen that way? (laughs) I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, you write from experience and I always feel like I'm, totally fucking up when it comes to love. (laughs) Like not that I'm unhappy in my marriage. I'm in a very happy committed marriage and it's, it's, that's like the one good thing that I I always have to look forward to in my life. Um, but, uh, yeah, I always feel like, you know, it can go wrong so, so easily and it usually would be my fault. It can go wrong so, so long. (laughs) So yeah, that usually when I'm in a rut is when I feel like I want to write. So it's usually like emotions are going to be charged by love because that's like the strongest emotion, you know, love and hate, I guess. Yeah, and our hate songs didn't sound too good. So <laughs> they're staying in the vault. I don't like you very much. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, guitar solos is another pattern that I noticed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you got it, flaunt it. Yeah. <laughs> really like Campbell Cook on this one. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, they really said, hold up, let him cook. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, um, yeah, just one of those things where, cause I think with good night noises everywhere, I was kind of going from the role of being a, bass player live to being a uh, lead guitar player. Um, Plus with, you know, COVID, we all had downtime and he had the chance to just like really work on his skills every day over and over. And, you know, the the more he played with other people and between all that, he just became a, a better musician. Not that he wasn't good to begin with, but he got better. Also, shout out to AJ Seedler, who played guitar for Don't Tell Dina for two years and is really amazing. And uh, we should get him. I mean, (laughs) go for it, dude. 
Now, uh, he is an insanely good guitar player. And when he came into Dina, I was, you know, all high and mighty. Like, I am the lead guitar player of this band. And we were looking for a keyboard player. And I was like, he better learn the keyboards fast. <laughs> and then, like, he, uh, I heard him play guitar. And I was like, yeah, I can learn some keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> and so just having him around, like, as well as, you know, COVID having the free time to actually practice guitar and stuff like that. But yeah, it made me a lot better of a guitar player having uh, AJ around, having something to punch up to, you know? So shout out to him. Yeah. And then the other constant that not just on this album, but every album is like just the layers and layers of vocals. I think this album, I feel... Probably I'm least. probably wrong. I feel like we dialed it back on quite a, quite a bit. Because like when I first started working with the band, um, it was kind of in the Mama's Boy era. Like the album was about half to three quarters of the way done. So I they were just kind of trying to find spots for me to help out, whether it be you know production stuff, whether it be uh, you know. I'll throw a bass part on this or a keyboard part on this. And there was one day we were doing an outro for a song, uh, Nighthawks and Mona Lisa. And I was Classic. like, yeah. And he, so he's doing this little vocal outro and I'm like, how many tracks you need? 25. <laughs> <laughs> and we used all 25 and then I think maybe eight more. Nice. <laughs> and that's kind of been the constant throughout. Uh, I think, during the making of the live album, um, I mentioned a mixer that I was making music on uh, for those that are technical in the music world. Uh, Tascam Model 24. It's essentially a an analog mixer, an audio interface, and an SD card recorder. So I could, without the help of a computer, uh, you know, start recording little 16-track things. And so I think part part of having that limited 16 tracks made it like, okay, well, we got to make our vocals, you know, count. So, yeah, I think that contributed to the lessening of uh, all that. Yeah. Plus, I think it was just like we had in mind that, you know, after playing live, I think this incarnation of the band's been together than long together longer than any of the others. And we've been playing live together for a while and we just kind of felt more comfortable approaching it as like how we can reproduce it live instead of, you know, let's make a record that's very fancy and polished and pr production all the way. Like we, we still like that kind of style, but I think we wanted to be more like just make an authentic band album. It's like Jeff Lynn making a Tom Petty record and Rick Rubin making a Tom Petty record. <laughs> Rick Lynn. <laughs> At the same time, though, I mean, like, there's not that there's like, like, Born Weird Shirley is like a very layered production wise song. It's not layered and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's still like, there's five of you in the band. So, like, and all of you sing. Yeah. So, no matter what, you can have five layer harmony. <laughs> oh, and I mean, like, Compared to like, we say we dialed it back, like compared to a normal band, like the amount of vocal tracks is ridiculous. And I think there was one session where Johnny was like, 
You're taking up all the mid-range with vocals. Like, <laughs> I was like, just shut up and press the button, Johnny. <laughs> shut up and press three. <laughs> is there, is there a, another pattern that I missed? <clears throat> Argyle? I don't know. <laughs> Instruments? Snare drum on the two and four. <laughs> <laughs> palm muting, maybe? Oh, Are yeah. Fun close? fact, Jared can't palm mute. <laughs> oh. So I could uh, just not to Johnny Manchild's yeah, liking. Liking. So what Johnny did was had a sponge <laughs> and would be muting the he guitar. Wanted, he wanted it to be like a very like stiff palm, like a eh, 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 so where you could hear it cutting out. And I was like, my my palms are too fat for that, dude. <laughs> so yeah, it was like there's some on someone's phone a video of uh, Johnny Manchild with a piece of foam or sponge or something just i don't have that clip i wish i did jared's just playing this uh i think uh tristan might have the clip but jared's just like playing chords and johnny is muting in between each one (laughs) which i don't know why we just didn't have someone else play the part (laughs) i think i had to to work late and i think you might have had to leave early or something because i think that was part of why was because you were like the only one there that played guitar (laughs) (laughs) Even though I think Johnny plays guitar, so like, I don't know. So, right, yeah. but I mean, having the... the uncredited, uncredited sponge on that track, <laughs> Johnny Manchild. And then I guess, uh, maybe not something I could necessarily read directly into the lyrics, but at least surrounding the album, there was like a lot of loss. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the reasons I, I liked the title in the black like in the black means is like a positive phrase. Like it means like you're not in the red, you're in the black. So like you're, you're breaking even, you're doing well. Um, but it also has like this kind of darkness about it that like kind of fits with whatever the hell was happening in like this cursed band. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, uh, and, it, and it made me think of spinal tap, like yeah. the black album, the, uh, Thinking back, like writing this whole record, at least, you know, when I started writing the stuff, I started writing with y'all, like a lot's changed and I've lost a lot. We've all lost a lot of people, uh, in from, you know, 2019 to now. Um, yeah. Do you want me to list them all? (laughs) For me, let's see, I, I lost, uh, so my mom was going through cancer treatment. My grandfather died. My godfather, my uncle died, my father, my brother, and then I lost two dogs and one cat. Yeah. Because... Uh, all in one day. No, just kidding. <laughs> all in the span of three weeks. Oh, yeah. I, I lost two friends to suicide, two pets, uh, three grandparents now. Craziness. It wasn't since 2019, but I lost my dad in 2015. And then my brother passed away in 2020. And so, yeah, just like, I know how it feels to lose those people in that long of a time. And I can't imagine just what, how Jared felt losing them both in so short of a span. Not good. Not, not good. <laughs> that just combined with, like, from when we started was like 2019. And obviously 2020 happened and the world just kind of. I mean, I it, like, everyone can say, like, it hurt their momentum as far as a band to like to go through COVID. But I feel like we really did have quite a bit of momentum. Like we were about to go on tour the Midwest 
And like literally right at the very last minute, like the week where we were supposed to go out, everything just shut down. And I, I was like so depressed about that because <laughs> like I felt like if, you know, our West Coast tour, like those three shows we played out there was any indication that like 2020 was going to be like a good year until all that shit happened. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. And anytime like, like I'd get a news clip saying like, Oh, you might have to cancel your tour. I'd be like, fuck you. No way. <laughs> <laughs> what tour? <laughs> so then tour now what, what's, what's happening after this album or like, yeah, what, when's it coming out? What's, what's happening from it? Due date is November 3rd. I believe where it's going to be out on big stir records. Who is our label uh, distributor, which is distributed by, uh, under the umbrella of Sony, whatever it's called. The Orchard. The Orchard, the yeah. Subsidiary of a subsidiary. You know how it goes. <laughs> the Japanese. No. <laughs> I mean, eventually. <laughs> is Sony not a Japanese company? It, it is. Speaking <laughs> of uh, Sony, this is totally unrelated, but I found out that um, wireless in-ear monitors uh, were invented by the Joker himself, Steve Miller, and he sold the patent to Sony. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people call him the space cowboy. <laughs> some call him the gangster of love. <laughs> I just call him Maurice. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to pay Steve Miller now. All right, well, that's the greatest soundbite we'll ever come up with. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just... I November yeah. 3rd, yeah. release date. Uh... And then we're also getting a cassette release on Catapult, uh, which is the local OKC uh, small, not not small. I don't want to say small, but it's like a, Indie yeah, it's a, a a really great, cool label started up by this this young kid. DIY. Yeah. Gotta love it. And we, we like uh, it. I like that, like, if we're going to just do this one last record, at least we have like an, a nice little indie, like, home based like we don't have to go all the way to Spain to put this album out sure not that we don't like Spain <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Spain without the S <laughs> I'm in Spain without damn the it <laughs> is there a I mean you, you're still gonna do some shows right like you're still gonna do as of this interview there is one show on yeah. the books okay. I'm hoping we get a couple more but I've been like you know, with everything that happens, I've, I've been so out of the loop of like who owns what now, who books what. And I'm just like, I never liked being the guy who got to do that anyway. So it's kind of like whatever happens, I'm just kind of like in the position of like something's going to happen now. <laughs> and and I guess that that kind of becomes the question. It's like, this is the last Lunar Laugh album. Lunar Laugh will like exist as a band doing those shows. And then like with what fizzles out like is well <laughs> yeah so i'm moving to california sure. to you know uh start hopefully making a name for myself in the music production and engineering world up there um so that was one of the catalysts of and um, i'm taking a vow of silence and becoming a monk yeah. so no i'm just kidding i'm sure wesley's very upset with that <laughs> <laughs> so is the church <laughs> <laughs> Wesley's actually really cool with it because uh, he's he the priest. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a monk. 
Um, but yeah, so that's, that was part of the catalyst was that I'm no longer going to be living in Oklahoma. So it would be hard to make a band happen. Well, it's not like we couldn't like just find some, like another guitar player and, or another singer and just keep going as the lunar laugh as we've done before. But it's like Campbell's like one of my best friends and it just feels awkward to like, I got to replace my best friend now and just do like, keep going. Like, I don't know. It doesn't feel, it doesn't sit well with me. Like as no matter how good of a guitar player someone might be, it's not like something I want to keep doing. And I'd rather just kind of go out on this one. Go out with a bang. Like we were saying a banger. Hardly know her. (laughs) (laughs) What then for each of you individually, Lunar Laugh is just the band, but then like what, what else is that happening? (laughs) <laughs> I'm uh, I'm still actually I'm actually thinking about retiring from playing drum set live just because it's such a pain in the ass to carry those things yeah, around but uh, I, I play bass in two bands uh, I play bass for Sophia Massad out of Oklahoma City and I also play bass for Holly Beth out of Oklahoma City and uh, both of those uh, artists have albums coming out so I'm hoping you know I'll still get are you to, playing on the albums too? Um, I'm playing on Sophia's album. I'm not playing on Holly Beth's album, but uh, I am really excited just to have like all three of these albums coming out and like the same. So, time. which one is the better album? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, um, don't answer that question. <laughs> well, this uh, the Lunar Laugh album definitely means a lot to me just because I got to you know contribute a bunch of different you know musical ideas into the drums and some of the songs and. Uh, I've been waiting for Sophia's album to come out since 2020. I recorded my bass parts the day after we buried my brother. So, so that was a very emotional day. So I've, I've just been waiting to put that out into the world, you know, cause that's kind of where I'm at. Cause the album's not at the time of recording, like the album's not out yet. And yeah. I'm just like, someone please listen to this. <laughs> like, just, I'll send you a link. Just <laughs> tell me what it's like. So yeah, I'm, I'll still be playing music. And I mean, down the line, if we could ever get the gang back together for like a reunion show. Oh yeah. Yeah, It's not, it's not out of the question. Yeah. I I mean, I'll be back in Oklahoma. (laughs) I have family here and friends here. I look forward to the, yeah, the, uh, the Thanksgiving reunion or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The 10 year reunion and the, the, the final, final tour and the final, final, final tour. Uh, we, we need to come up with like a cool name though. Cause, uh, for don't tell Dino, we've joked that, uh, it's going to be called the, I can't take any more, more, more tour. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call it the over the moon tour. Like we're, <laughs> we're over it. <laughs> I'm just going to start looking through song titles. I got to, we're, we're going to find one by the end of this podcast here. I'll be skimming. But like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to like, you know, I, I'll st- like reach out to Connor and be like, Hey, you want to like work on songs together? Like it doesn't have to be lunar laugh. It can just be songs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at. Like I'm, I like to play and write and stuff somehow, some way. So TBD, but I love playing. So yeah. And I like playing with, with these guys that sounded dirty. guys being dudes oh I got it old new tour in town (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then Jared what you got going on post looter last you know I I really like not having a plan because I feel like I've I've, every time I have a plan it just 
goes completely to shit. So, you know, in recent years, but I, I kind of like the idea of just letting whatever happened happen and, you know, just kind of going along with it. I might, you know, just, you know, show up at people's sessions and, you know, sing backups for them. You know, I've sang backup for you on one of your songs. So I like doing that kind of stuff. So I might just be the dork that does that for a while. <laughs> well, it was a, it's a funny thing. Cause I was like, I wanted you to sing backups on that song and I didn't anticipate that it would just like happen so quickly. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the craziest thing is like, will, you know, you think about, I'm really easy guys. Just like if you, if you want my, me to sing on your record, I'll do it. I'm a whore. I will. <laughs> no, but it's just like, you know, we'll be working on stuff so quick and, you know, 20 tracks, whatever. And, uh, we'll look up and we've only been working for like 45 minutes. Like it just, it, it literally happens so fast. Like if you're a good songwriter like Santiago, then it's very easy because the song just kind of, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he's your replacement. We're going to keep this band going. Like, I got to keep this boat afloat. <laughs> Was there anything that like you're burning to talk about with either in the black or lunar laugh or whatever that we haven't yet touched? I'll tell you all what I really think about you. <laughs> um, it's a cool cover art. Yeah. My friend Lane, who did the Nighthawks uh, drawing on, on that cover, um, he kind of came up with the idea came from Levi of like the moon silhouette, like our logo on the earth. Yeah. Cause like we have the crescent moon that I didn't realize the crescent earth was a thing from like anyone that wasn't on the earth. So there's always like, sometimes there's a shadow on the earth that makes it look like a crescent. So I was like, you know, and then, so, so all the birds aren't know, real and all, and whenever, you know, from that angle, you know, that part of the planet's, you know, in the, in the black. Yeah. yeah. So when he said, let out your thoughts, we, we weren't going into fringe conspiracy <laughs> theories. So we're not talking about flat Don't take the vaccine. Not- I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> oh, I hear they're putting Quaker Oats in the vaccine. <laughs> Jimmy Page is the Quaker Oats guy. That's a, a total side note. Uh, it has nothing to do with anything. But I saw a kid the other day wearing a shirt, had the Quaker Oats uh, character, I guess, on it. Except instead of a white dude, it was Shaquille O'Neal. And it just said Shaq. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like... Whatever image you're picturing right now, that's exactly what you it know, looks let's, like. Let's not sell any shirts at our shows except that shirt. Except Shaquille <laughs> shirts. We'll do a cover of that... Uh, Aaron Carter song, How I Beat Shaq. Are you guys excited to like not tour? <laughs> you know, well, I wish we had some more shows in the books at this stage just because we only have a few months left. So, you know, I, I I am excited to play together with these guys always. So whenever it, the opportunity presents itself, I would I'll gladly become the Lunar Laugh guy again. But yeah, at, at this moment, I'm kind of happy like we're going out on a really good album and hopefully some really good shows. I'm, uh, I don't want to say part of the reason, but, um, one of the things I was kind of thinking of with this LA move, I was like, you know, I've kind of played, uh, maybe a few too many shows. (laughs) I've probably done, uh, close to 
some probably somewhere between four and five hundred shows in since uh another thousand won't kill you yeah yeah but like no so i think uh i think i'm gonna start taking a step back from live performance and just mostly do studio things so if you're uh, if you're moving out of OKC, who's gonna play guitar? <laughs> yeah, like you're the only guitarist <laughs> in Oklahoma City. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Taylor Johnson. You know, he had a he had a he had a baby, or his wife did. But they, no, they he had the baby. They had they That's had a baby. A so he's belief. like kind of taking a step back from certain things. And I'm like, but who's gonna do stuff now? <laughs> That's we're the real reason we're breaking up. Old. <laughs> <laughs> we're losing the good producer. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I don't know who's going to play guitar. Uh, maybe it's, uh, Phoenix will rise from the ashes. <laughs> River Phoenix? Yeah. He died in like 93, dude. Bro, but he's coming back. <laughs> he's a zombie guitar player now. It's crazy. His brother's the Joker. <laughs> Steve Miller? Really? <laughs> <laughs> the callbacks. Um <laughs> I guess, lastly, just, like, a retrospective on, like, the other Lunar Laugh albums. Like, uh, yeah, just how you feel about the arc of, like, all the way back from Apollo, right? To yeah, Apollo was the first one. I think the consistency of decent songs is kind of, like, picking set lists, like, is really difficult because there's, it's like we have this song that would be a good opener, but we also have this song that would be a good closer. But in between all those, it's like, man, there's a lot to pick from. Not to sound like totally full of myself, but Please do. <laughs> like we, we have good songs and that's what I'm really proud of. Like from Apollo, Mama's Boy, Good Night Noises Everywhere, now in the black and then everything in between. Like, well, and it's it's kind of been a kind of funny growth because it obviously started off as just a fungus, a, yeah, <laughs> as a, just a Jared Leakite solo project at the beginning, and so Apollo basically, from what I understand, was mostly Jared, and then Connor came in to do some stuff toward the end. Well, Connor was like playing, like we were getting together to play like live acoustic shows and like rehearsing together. That was like the first year, pretty yeah, much. We just concurrently, did like I was like sort of working on the songs. Like I think there was like maybe only three groups of sessions for that first album because we did like Dustin, who was the drummer. Like we had to get all his parts done in one day, so we laid down pretty much everything yeah. first go ahead, and then like I had these songs that weren't finished that I was doing at Lunar Manor, but I was working through them with Connor. So he knew the songs. Okay. So you have that happen. And then, um, after Apollo comes out, what about six months after was when I met, uh, Jared and Connor at ACM, um, for my first final in uh, studio one class. Uh, we did the song, um, take a little time from mama's boy. Uh, and I, you know, I would keep going to their shows and stuff like that. Um, and then eventually they're about halfway through mama's boy, um, the writing and recording and everything process. And, uh, well, Jared, Connor was like, I like that Campbell guy. And I was like, <laughs> I like him too. 
Like he, he's got a good vibe. And like, we had been working with uh, Campbell's cousin, Clayton, um, like just trying to do some full band shows and like, they weren't always available. Like Clayton, uh, has a bunch of other stuff going on. And I think at the time he was kind of starting a family too. So yeah, yeah. he was having children. Um, but yeah, so Jared asks me like, uh, Hey, you know, anyone that plays bass and like the liar that I am, I said, I play bass <laughs> <laughs> and I learned how to play bass real quick. Well, it was um, interesting. Cause you know, this, you know, no drums. So it was like two guitars, yeah. three vocals and a bass. Well, and a bass, not running through a bass. Amp, it was just, I would always have DI. to ask for a DI. <laughs> nice. And I'd like, I wouldn't even bring a DI. I would bring my bass and a quarter inch cable and say, work with this bud. <laughs> but you know, our songs are very melodic. So like he would come up with these kind of strange bass lines to go on top of them. Except for mama's boy. It's the one he didn't change. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how Mama's Boy went. And then um, as we were starting to do Goodnight Noises Everywhere, uh, Jimmy Jackson uh, started playing drums for us. So I feel like that was the first record where it was like a full band. And then... And he was managing us too yeah. under the umbrella of his management company-ish. Yeah. Um but so we had, that was like, I feel like the first, that mama's boy era, uh, going into good night noises everywhere. I feel like was the first like big batch of shows that I ever played, like just consistently. I was looking back on it like 2017, like, yeah, we did a ton of shows. In a month we played like six shows and I got married in between <laughs> that. No, that was <laughs> that cause I was also doing, um, don't tell Dina stuff and solo stuff like that week that he got married. I played five shows that week and, you know, had like a rehearsal dinner and a wedding to go to <laughs> craziness. Yeah. That was a, yeah. Cause we did. Yeah. We did like the his, day after my wedding, we were playing the arts fest. Yeah. Yeah. And then In the freezing so rain. Cold, so <laughs> yeah. We did like one song and dip. No, we, we, we played damn near a whole set. I think we played our whole set. We played damn near, like, it was at least Only one song was set. probably good, but yeah. <laughs> we played the whole set. My hands were, like, stuck to the guitar. Yeah, I remember I just kept, like, in between the songs, just going, rock and roll! Yeah, that was the rock and roll show. Uh, anyway, so after Goodnight Noises Everywhere comes out, um, Jimmy stops playing drums for us. So in comes Levi. Um, we kind of had a revolving door of bassists once I switched yeah, percussionist to, too at the time. Yeah. Logan. Not quite yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting into that. Uh, sorry. Since we're recapping the whole history here at the very Behind end. the music. Yeah. Um, but so we had a revolving door of bassists. So I brought Tristan in from Don't Tell Dina. And then uh, Logan... I cannot remember his last name to save my life. He he played percussion for us for Morris, isn't that it? Logan Morris. Yeah, Morris. All, all I can think of is his Instagram. Yeah, handle. freaking fries. Freakin fries. fries. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Yeah, freaking fries <laughs> five nine nine, I believe, something like that. Uh, but yeah, so he played percussion with us uh, for that whole West Coast, West Coast tour. tour. Oh man, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> greatest sample on any one sample pad. I don't know. The ones Jimmy had were pretty good too. He had the, well, you no, know, but he didn't, he never used those. Like the, the, it was the fact that we, we had he the incorporated yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. We had the yeah, yeah, yeah sample and it got used. 
Jimmy had this used sampler pad and when he got it, like one of the hits, like it went hose and the other one went blunts. It was hose, bitch and blunts. <laughs> and, like, and I was like, need. I have so many questions, Jimmy. <laughs> if you hit uh, blunts and hose at the same time, it would just sound like it was going. <laughs> <laughs> and he never used them. And that's why he's not in the band anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he that reason he was in particular. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I feel like the first time though, that that live band, uh, actually came out on a record was the quote unquote live record. Um, what you talking about? It's live. It's all live. That was, that was basically the, like our COVID project just kept us having something to do. Um, yeah. Which, you know, uh, later years, you know, there's still some unreleased live stuff that, we might polish off for the three Japanese fans that want everything we've ever done <laughs> for, for the exclusive Japanese release of for the box set for the uh, people willing to spend big money on discogs. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then that takes us to today and uh, having this five piece band together, making a kick-ass album. Yeah. And then breaking up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I really, I really like the album. Uh, that's not just because I'm sitting here with you. That's because. All right, let's go I through. Like let's go through every song and tell you tell us what you think it's about now. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. What song would you think would be the best for a single? Uh, is that because you haven't decided? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Santiago just reading. I just I'm trying to give the public here. a glimpse into how these things, these decisions work, because I think your you know your podcast is about like the music business, is ephemera kind of stuff. Uh, but it's, I it's mean, a philosophy podcast disguised as a music podcast. Yeah, so. and I think there's a philosophy into picking singles. <laughs> I think the philosophy to picking singles is just like whatever you're proudest of that you want people to like be sucked in with. Make that, make that the second single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so like, I feel like born weird would be like a really cool way to get people to like, Oh crap, this is lunar laugh. And it's like, actually the rest of the album, like, sounds like Lunar Laugh, but like this is some of the cool stuff that we Yeah. That's a good choice. Did. Yeah. All right. <laughs> gotta gotta pop. A and R man right there. Okay. Well I'll see. <laughs> uh, no, throw, I throw I that on my Wikipedia page. Else, then that's also good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're kind of in that same boat of like Born Weird is kind of the there's there's a reason it opens the album. Like it's it's the one that like catches your attention. I played it for my mom and she's like, oh, it's like a bunch of songs all together. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah. It's just what we call a bridge. <laughs> we just go somewhere else something, for a little bit. Something for everyone. <laughs> That's the point of the bridge. Take you somewhere else. Okay. Final, final things. I love you. I love you. Shout out to my dad. He's... Probably the Lunar Laughs number one we fan. We love Connor's dad. For and sure. We, we hope he's going to be okay after <laughs> getting the getting the news. 
It's always it's always the parents that are affected the most in the breakup. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the family. Well, with that, uh, what song is playing at the end of this? At this, at this podcast? Yeah. Is it one of ours or do we just get to <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blue Sky? <laughs> Only like a lonely heart, like a radio yes. outro. Like I, I was just, yeah, we would just play a song from the yeah, artist. take it out with. Because it's <laughs> probably born weird since that's what we were just talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Let the audience decide, is this the best single for us? <laughs> and closing out the podcast, this is Born Weird by The Lunar Laugh. At number 40 in the countdown, I'm Casey Kasem. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your head on the ground and your feet in the stars.
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album, so if you'd like to hear that at some point, I'm so close, I promise, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to these things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you listen there. It means a lot to me to hear what you have to say about it, and you're helping me without having to spend a single cent on me. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. Uh, I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. Okay.